Hashtag SAFM Life Happens. Welcome back. It's uh, 2.33 on uh, SAFM. It's Friday, of course. It's time for Behind the Music. We're celebrating and learning more about artists who've impacted the world of music in South Africa, musicians that have influenced and contributed to the journeys of our lives with the music that they have produced. And we invited Sheldon Leal. Uh, he's got a PhD uh, uh, in music, um, and he's a musician himself. He's a songwriter and director of culture at South Downs College in Irene in Pretoria. And Today, we are looking at the music of the legendary Yvonne Chakachak. How are you? Hi, I'm fine and you. I'm very well, thank you. So, I mean, you know, interesting long journey she's had. I was looking at uh, the year that she was born. She was born in 1965. And yeah. I was thinking, man, she probably started making music in her 20s. And uh, she's in her 50s. What picture, when you look at the evolution of the journey of her musical life, mm. what picture does her music create or paint about who she she is as an artist well um she actually started making music when she was a teenager already and yeah. she was brought up with music she yeah. came from a musical family her in dad, Soweto yeah in yeah. Dobsonville mm-hmm. and uh and so so as you know as as she was being brought up she was listening to music in the church and as most vocalists start in the church mm-hmm. and uh and that's where she got a grounding from from singing in the church and listening to music and her dad who was a huge inspiration to her but he passed away when she was 19 years old mm. i mean sorry uh she he passed away when she was 11 years old mm, mm. and um and so she was left in a home with just her mom being the the sole breadwinner and she was a domestic worker um and so you can hear all of this stuff in the music you know the 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 music you uh, when you create music you the music is basically your life mm. um at whatever you you experience in your life marinades in the music mm-hmm. and um the interesting thing is that the first song that she did which was um uh i'm in love with the dj mm-hmm. um was, i'm thinking of the bass line now yeah, as you're saying, yeah, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> um was a song that um Ati van Veek and phil hollis had been looking for vocalists for the longest time but yeah. they couldn't find someone where were they at gallo um, I can't, I can't remember. No, they were Defon, Defon Records. Yeah. It was a, basically an independent record label. Mm-hmm. And they'd been looking for this vocalist, but they couldn't find someone. And eventually they happened upon uh, uh, Yvonne Chaka Chaka at an audition at the SABC, incidentally. Oh, really? Uh, she had come here because she wanted to I audition. I didn't know that. Yes, she was, she was looking to... Um, to, to be an actress. She wanted to be an actress. Really? So she'd come all the way here to do an audition, an acting audition, and Phil Hollis had walked into the into the SABC and found her here, and he said, do you want to come and audition for this song that we, we want to do? Mm-hmm. And she wasn't really that interested. So you could say music found her. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, because that was not her intention. She actually wanted to be an accountant before all of that stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, and then decided, you know, maybe acting is the thing for her. Yeah. And then it wasn't acting. It, wasn't it was music. Acting. But then the music that Artie wanted her to do, because you referenced earlier on her gospel background, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and, and her music starting in the church. Yes. The music that Artie wanted her to do was not gospel <laughs> at all. <laughs> it didn't sound like gospel. <laughs> it sounded like mainstream popular music in the 80s. Yeah. Actually, if you listen to her music and compare it to like Madonna's music mm-hmm. in the 1980s, it sounds very much the same, just that it has a, a little bit more of an African groove to it. Mm-hmm. So the first song that we chose 
was I'm Burning Up. It's one of my, f- it was the first Yvonne Chaka Chaka song that I ever heard. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the first song that they've queued up. That is the first song that they've, they've queued up. You say that uh, the year was 1986, you were 10 years old, and through the radio speakers, you heard the song I'm Burning Up, and you loved the groove, groove and thought that the song was a revolution. Uh, but you are a white kid at the time in apartheid <laughs> South Africa. Uh, this he wrote, by the way, uh, this an article, I'm reading from an article that uh, uh, Sheldon wrote, and he says, it was not a done thing to listen to uh, to black music, but the rebel in him made him explore the music further. This is the first song of Yvonne Chaka Chaka's that uh, I guess today uh, Sheldon Liel uh, fell in love with. Let's hear it. Incredible uh, uh, story of uh, Yvonne Chaka Chaka. Even I'm hearing from uh, Sheldon Leal, who's uh, a PhD music academic, musician, songwriter, and director of culture at the South Dean, uh, South Down, sorry, College in Irene in Pretoria. I was reading uh, the article that you wrote, and you talk about, uh, you know, where you reference the fact that uh, she had come here, obviously, uh, for an acting audition at the SABC, uh, and bumped into a record company executive who offered her uh, twenty rand after she had auditioned for him 20 rand to go and practice a song but you put context to it by saying at the time 20 rand was half of the 40 rands that her mother used to earn as a domestic worker yeah so that was a lot of money that she got at the time yeah to go and do one song yeah. in the studio yeah and uh and then she went in and did the song and then uh and then the problem was that she was only 19 at the time. So mm-hmm. she couldn't sign the recording contract. Mm-hmm. So she needed her mother's approval yeah. in order to be able to do the contract. But her mother was like, music's not a career. You you know, you can't You need make, to study. You need to do something solid. Yeah. And, uh, and so the mother didn't want to sign the contract. Yeah. Um, and eventually they, Phil Hollis, um, who was her mentor, um, convinced the mother, you know, this is the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. the song was released, her first song was released, and it became a huge hit. In two weeks, it sold 50,000 units, which mm-hmm. is... At got, the time, It's even. platinum. It's yeah, platinum in yeah. South Africa. Yeah. And, uh, and she was flying all over the all over the um, the country, performing... And the continent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she became an international star. And... Um, but she still felt this thing that she needed to go back and study, you know, mm. because she needed to fulfill her mother's wish mm-hmm. for her, which was to, to study. And she went back to, uni- to university, but it didn't work out the first time because she was too busy. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, she, she, she tried to, to do everything. The, the most interesting thing about her is that um, she was always very business savvy. Mm. Um, and Phil Hollis taught her. You know, this is what you need to do with your money. You're a contract worker. You can't um, spend all your money as you get it. You need to take certain portions of it and you need to save it Mm. for a rainy day. Mm. And you need to do this and that with your money. Mm. And by 1989, she was already diversifying her portfolio. So Mm -hmm. she wasn't relying exclusively on music. She was opening up different businesses. Mm. Um, She's got her own publishing company, her own record label. She's got beauty salons. She's diversified so that, you know, she do, hasn't put all her eggs in that one basket. Yeah, but she's also uh, done a lot of philanthropy work. Oh yeah, she's huge in, into the philanthropic philanthropic work. Yeah, she's got the Princes of Africa Foundation that uh-huh. she runs. She also was a United Nations ambassador. Um, uh, she's done work for malaria. She's 
She's done so much philanthropic work. She's um, in two weeks' time on the 15th of March. She's going to be doing the backing vocalists and session musicians uh, award ceremony, which is a, an award ceremony that she set up to honor uh, honor backing vocalists and session musicians. Um, and they get money out of the whole thing. Wow! So she's always looking at trying to uplift other people. She's done so much, uh, you know, auxiliary work yeah. around. Um, her industry. I want to talk about a point that you made earlier when we started having a conversation and uh, you were talking about how um, the music that she was making at the time, Mm -hmm. you could easily raise her voice and put Madonna's, it would equally be uh, successful. But again, when I just listened now uh, to I'm Burning Up, which is one of your favorite songs, um, you can never ignore the nuance of uh, the Mpakanga bass line. Yes, of course. which, Which is extremely pronounced in the that song um, uh, because we're going now to the song um Komboti, which is oh, the next song, song. Uh, me too uh, <laughs> which is the next song that you chose tell me about why it was necessary for her to inflict African nuances in a very poppy sound yeah. in the 1980s you see the the most important thing that South Africans often forget and and a lot of South African musicians yeah. is that they all try to sound American yeah. and although um, Burning Up had a, quite an American sound. Mm. It's Poppy still a, sound. Yeah, yeah, it still had a very authentic South African sound to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. We can't forget our South African roots. That's what made Lady Smith Black Mambazo who they are. Exactly. Yeah. And in this Unkoboti song, mm-hmm. you can actually hear elements of Istatamiya in the music mm-hmm. uh, because you almost hear like a male a cappella vocal in the beginning of the song. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the thing that will make people a success. That's what made Yvonne Chaka Chaka a success. Mm -hmm. is the fact that it was authentically South African yet a white audience could could understand the music because there were popular elements to it. But, but the nice thing about it is she was a crossover, a, uh, she had crossover appeal yes. in a polarized time. Of course. And right? that makes it even more astounding that, yeah. that, that at that time, who would have thought that she would have been this huge star in South Africa? Yeah. You know, it's weird. Yeah. But she had crossover appeal. I mean, just like Mendoza later with, with uh, Kalagata. Um, Kalagata. They say in the free state, there's still people who just want, uh, uh, who would <laughs> just book Mendoza to just come and play that song on loop over and over again. They'd be like, Mendoza, play nothing else. Exactly. Just doing Kalagata yeah. over and over again. Let's say Um Kombo, to in conversation, amazing conversation, by the way, with uh, Sheldon uh, Lee Alp. PhD music academic, and uh, we're looking behind the music of Yvonne Chaka Chaka. Here's the legendary Umkomboti. It's an eternal hit, though, that song. Hey, welcome. Yeah, completely. Uh, We're in conversation with Sheldon Leal, PhD music academic, because we're looking behind the music of uh, Yvonne Chaka Chaka. In fact, you crowned her uh, the queen of Mbakanga. I did, hey. In that article, I started saying it. But I mean, who else would compete with her on that level? I I don't think there's anyone who could compete with her on that level. Yeah. Um, You think of Brenda Fassi, but I mean... Uh, she wasn't as mbakanga as you can hear Yvonne Chaka Chaka is in the music. And her career has also lasted way longer mm-hmm. than Brenda Fassi's career. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I love Brenda Fassi just as much as I do mm-hmm. Yvonne Chaka Do you think we, we, as South Africans, we appreciate uh, Yvonne Chaka Chaka enough? Because you say in your article, that's so beautifully written, by the way. Thank you. Uh, that uh, she's a national treasure. She is a national treasure. I mean, she was uh, awarded the... Uh, Honor of Ikamanga. Yeah, last year. Silver. <laughs> yeah. Um, she should have been honored a long time ago. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think we do give yeah. our artists the credit that they deserve. I mean, if you look at Ladysmith, Black Mambazo, the same thing. Yeah. I mean, they were internationally renowned. Lauded. We always wait for somebody to die and exactly. then we push the hashtag on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I thought I needed to write this article now mm. because she is an icon and she needs to be um, revered for it's, the work that she's done. It's fascinating to me, though, how uh, there's a lot of appreciation. I know that there was an issue with a trip that she had recently here yeah, in the to, African, Uganda. Uh, to Uganda. But there's a lot. I find there's a lot more appreciation in the rest of the continent yeah. than uh, in her home country. I agree with you. And I think that's not only the case for Yvonne. I think it's the case for many other iconic South African artists, mm-hmm. especially when you look at shows um, like Idols and X Factor and all of these things that we've got in South Africa where we could bring bring in iconic South Africans mm-hmm. that have made huge impact on the music industry. Mm-hmm. And we we don't. Yeah. We don't we don't utilize those resources. Yeah. And they're amazing resources. And I think that their stories need to be documented. Um, uh, for posterity. Yeah. Okay. As we round off, I found uh, one part of your article uh, completely fascinating. You said that, and I quote, it's often said that when one admires somebody from a distance for a long time, that the fantasy can sometimes be uh, punctured by the reality. I can most certainly say that this has been uh, the truth for me, meeting people that I've admired only to realize that they're horrible, they're narcissistic and opportunistic people with no substance. However, that cannot ever be said by Yvonne she deserves the honors and the praise that have been bestowed upon her. She's a beautiful person on the inside and on the outside. And that's Has the she truth. Read this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, it is the truth. It is the truth. It is the truth. Listen, uh, you came and uh, you honored her beautifully uh, today. Thank you so much for Thank your you. time. You also chose as your last song, Let Me Be Free. Tell me why before we go. I just think... It's an, a, a wonderful message to, to tell people, you know, the, the let me be free, emancipate yourself and don't let anything be the thing that stands in the way of you and your greatness. And that's what she did. Fantastic. Let's hear that. Let me be free. And thank you so much to Shelton. Thank you. Thank you. That was a very beautiful tribute to Yvonne Chaka Chaka, courtesy of Sheldon Dale, PhD in music. That's it. That's our time. Thank you.